0: Hallelujah. As you make your way to your seats, turn and tell your neighbor, say, somebody going to get blessed today. You know the answer. Somebody going to break poverty today. Hallelujah. Let's pray and then let's get into the word. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We decree and declare that you are God and God alone. We exalt you as the most high God because that's exactly what you are. You said that there is a name that is above every name and so by the authority given to us as kingdom citizens, we exalt the name of Jesus over the spirit of poverty today. Over insufficiency and lack, and we tell them to bow down and leave and never come back again. In the name of Jesus, in advance, we plead the blood over every generational curse of lack. Every generational curse of lack, we come against you in the name of Jesus. We decree and declare that you have no authority in this place because we belong to God. We belong to God. And so we stand up and take our rightful place and say no more. No more. no more. no more. No more. It is our set time to receive exactly what you have ordained for us. And we believe that we receive it. Also in advance, not only do we pray for what it is that we believe we receive. But there are some things that belong in our generation that were held up, that were denied our great-grandparents, our great-great-grandparents, all the way back for those of us who are African-American for over 400 years. We're putting a demand on it today. Give us what's ours. Give me my stuff. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Let me just help you. When you some of you got nervous. You said, when, you give, when I said, give me my stuff, are we talking to God? We're not talking to God. God ain't never been holding your stuff up. God isn't holding your stuff up. Some of you are like, why can't I break through? What's going on in my life? What? No, God isn't holding your stuff back. The Bible says no good thing will he withhold from them that walk upright. It ain't even about your walking upright. It's about the uprightness you have in Jesus Christ. He's not withholding any good thing. Hallelujah. You ready to receive? Go ahead and high five somebody. Tell them it's your receiving day. It's your receiving day. You're going to need your Bibles today. You're going to need your tablets today. You're going to need it. Let's get ready. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So we're going to go back to the four things that we've been teaching because these four things make your faith foundational. They root your faith so that your faith is not always moved by everything that's going on, right? The number one thing that we've established, we've been establishing over the past several months, is what? All right. Everybody don't know. We're going to make sure the whole class know. God is exactly who he says he is. That's number one. God is Exactly who he says he is, God is exactly who he says he is. Number two, God does exactly. So God is who he says he is, and God does exactly what he says he'll do. That makes number three easy. I am exactly who God says I am. I don't need your permission. I am exactly who God says I am, which gets me to number four, which is what? I can do exactly what God calls me to do. So number one, God is exactly who he says he is. Number two, God does exactly what he says he'll do. Number three, I am exactly who God says I am. And number four, I can do exactly what God says I can do, right? So one of the challenges in trying to dismantle mindsets is that you've had your mindset so long, you don't realize you've had it in many cases. And sometimes you're really, really deeply rooted in those mindsets. So like one of the challenges, for example, for believers, is that there's been so much false teaching about God and money that people literally believe that the only way to get money is to serve the devil. And it probably started with some misquoting of the scripture that you heard, that when something like this, money is the root of all evil, which is actually not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. And how many of you know that you don't have to be rich to love money? In fact, I submit to you, the poorer you are, the more you love it. Why? Because the less you have, the more valuable it is to you, and the more it dictates what you do. Now, people like to not talk about money because they're like, you know... You know, talking about money is uncomfortable. There's three things we don't like to talk about. We don't talk, like talk about money. We don't like to talk about sex. We don't like to talk about politics, right? And so, you know, if you look at the research, most marriages are breaking up for the top two. Number one, number two. Because as I like to say, somebody may stay with you if you got bad sex and money. And somebody may stay with you If you got good sex and no money, but ain't almost nobody going to put up with you. (laughs) If you got both, you broke and you bad. This ain't going to work. I just repent, Jesus. I just start over. I'm sorry. My bad. So now if you're not married, you shouldn't be having sex. I just got to throw that out there. I know you're gonna do whatever it is that you want to do, but I pray that the next time you have sex, that you hear my voice telling you that you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> Somebody like I don't like this lady. I'm never coming back to this church again. Ha! <laughs> you hear it now? You're gonna hear it. Ha! <laughs> Ask some of these people. Have they not heard it? Amen. So we're gonna be teaching about restoring your identity. Say restoration. restoration. The challenge for a lot of people is that you're trying to increase your money without first restoring your identity. And so then when someone says that you should be blessed or when someone says that you should increase, then you have all of this conversation going on in your head about whether you deserve it or not. But this is not about whether you deserve it or not. This is about what God has already declared over your life. Tell your neighbor, say, you need money. Turn and tell your other neighbor, saying, you need money too. And one of the interesting things that I think is so funny is that people get really upset when believers start talking about being blessed. I mean, like, it just rubs people the whole wrong way. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're talking about money in the church. Oh, my God, I can't believe that believers want to be blessed. But when somebody don't have food, who the first place they call? So the church is supposed to offer $1.99. The church is supposed to feed all of the homeless people and hungry people, even though they don't go to church here. If your electricity bill is about to get cut off, we're supposed to keep your electricity on. We're supposed to make sure that your kids have book supplies and, and good pencils and a haircut to start school. But this is the place where we're not supposed to have money. You see how stupid that sounds? It's stupid, and so if you don't dig up some of that wrong teaching that you have about money, you're never going to be able to fulfill your kingdom assignment. Why? Because part of what we're called to do is bless other people. And how can you bless other people when you don't have money? Well, okay. I don't know. Maybe y'all got some magic beans y'all do that stuff with. But for the rest of us, in order to be a blessing you need money. All right. We're going to start in Genesis 1. We're going to look at some scriptures. This is really important because Romans 12 and 2, you should write that scripture down if you don't already know it. Romans 12 and 2 says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God for your life. Romans 12 and 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God for your life. You cannot transform what you cannot locate. If you call me today, if somebody called you right now and said, Hey, I'm trying to get the Fellowship of Champions, right? And you said uh, where are you located? They say, I don't know. And you said, well, what's around you? And they said, I don't know. There's no way you can navigate them to the space because you don't have a starting point. Many of you are trying to create shifts in your life and transformation in your life, but you don't know how you think to begin with. And so when, because you don't know how you think to begin with, then it's impossible for you to transition to where it is that God is calling you because you ain't never thought about how you think. So it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 3 John 2, it says, beloved, above all things, I wish that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. This is what it really says. It says, the condition of every other area of prosperity in your life is dictated by your soul. Your health dictated by your soul. Your money dictated by your soul. Your relationships dictated by your soul. Everything in your life is shaped by your soul. What's your soul then? Mind, will, emotions, imaginations, and intellect. Let's deal with imaginations. So, for example, we'll say something like, or somebody will say, you know, um, By next year, everybody in here who wants to is going to own a house. Now, somebody should have grabbed that, especially all you people who don't own a house. But you know why you didn't grab it? Because you ain't seen yourself owning a house. Because if you saw yourself owning a house, you'd have been like, that's for me. So a lot of times your imagination is working against what God is trying to do in your life because you can't see yourself beyond where you are today. You can't see yourself working another job. That's why you keep going to a job that don't pay you enough. You can't see yourself in a good relationship. That's why you keep picking suckers. Right. Be sucker free. Turn it to your neighbor and say, be sucker free. See, this is the thing that people don't like about transformation, but everybody you date is a reflection of what you think about you. You picked at your level of worth, whoever you date, oh yes you do, you love yourself baby, you picked well, yes you do, you picked you a winner baby. I'm such a winner. I made you better. And you make me better. I wouldn't leave it like that. You make me better. But who you date is a reflection of what you think about you. Who you friends with is a reflection of what you think about you. Where you work is a reflection of what you think about yourself. So he says, if you want to prosper... Do the work on your soul. So as a believer, our work is found here. What did God say about me? Ask your neighbor and say, do you know what God said about your money? Do you know? Do you, do, you, do you know, or are you just hoping and wondering and trying to tag along on the word that somebody else got, or hoping that you can do what they said, which is go to school, get a job, and then be, live better than your parents? In reality, some of you already know that you make more than your parents, but you don't live better than your parents. Because making more ain't living better. Uh, I, I, I'm just trying to help us today, because somebody go break poverty today. And I, I just want to help you. If you're mad that I'm talking about money, that's a demon, that ain't you. Because poverty likes to stay entrenched in people's lives because you, if you broke, it's easy to keep you sick. If you broke, it's easy to keep you from living your dreams. If you broke, it'll make you date somebody just to have a place to stay. I, I just want to submit to you, some of you single women, some of them people who inboxing you right now, they ain't really interested. They just don't want to pay rent this winter. Because they ain't take you to the park this summer. I, I, I'm just here to help us for free. I'm just for free. Genesis 1. Let's look at verse 1. We're going to start at the beginning. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3 And God said, Let there be light, and. And God. Saw the light. Keep going, y'all. Uh huh. And he said, What? All right, so let's look at verse 3. It says, In verse 3, God did what? And then what happened? And then what happened in verse 4? He's, so he, he he did what? And then what? It was, and then, okay, table that, table that, hold verse 3 and 4. Now we're going to go to verse 26. Now in verse 26, because I don't want y'all to think I'm tricking y'all and I got a funny Bible. Open your Bible to verse 26. We're going to read from verse 26 to verse 28. Ready? What happened in verse 26? And God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have... Stop. And God said, let us do what? In our image and in our likeness and let them have... And God said, In our and our and let them have now, in verses 1 through we get to 25, it doesn't tell us what God looks like, but it del- does tell us what God's dominion looks like. And the dominion, if you go back to verse 3, is what he says, What. He said it, it, no, come on Mish, help him. He said it, and it was, and then he saw it, and then he said it was good. Keep going. Let's go back to verse 20. Y'all like this? We in school today. Uh-huh. Keep going. I'm going to read verse 26, and then y'all go pick back up at verse 27. I said, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I love this right here because it tells you you have dominion over all the creeps. It says, it, did he say you have dominion over all the creeping things? So you have to say, I have dominion over all the creeps. Now we're going to all pick up at verse 27. So God created, I I said all of us, all together. Okay, y'all ready? Let's go. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female, he created he them, and God blessed them. Amen. I couldn't be a third grade teacher. I'm going to need y'all to read together in unison. But I think we all got there at the end. Okay? so it says, God said, I'm going to make man and woman in my image and my likeness. And I'm going to give them dominion, which means authority. And then I'm going to bless them. And when I bless them, I told them some things to do. What's the first thing he said? Be fruitful. Say everything in my life that's not fruitful is not from God. And then he told me to multiply. So that means the increase is the will of God for my life. And then he told me to replenish. Anybody know anything about replenishment? in replenishment they have a system in Walmart that if you take a ball of head and shoulders off of the shelf and you check out there's a system to replace it god says when you see something missing replace it don't keep telling me it's missing cuz i've already given you the formula it Pastor Edwin told us last week. He said in Deuteronomy twenty nine and twenty nine, it says the secret things belong to God, but whatever's been revealed to us belongs to us and our children forever. Here's the secret: you're created in the image of God, but you got to see something different, and then you got to say something different, and then you got to believe that when you said it, that it was. And then you got to expect to see it because you said it and it was. And then if it don't look like what you said, send it back. Send it back. Send it back. In Genesis 1, it says when God looked out at the earth and the earth was dark and void and without form, he didn't go, oh my God, it's so dark out here. He said it's dark. What do we need for darkness? So then he said, light be. Everything in your life is a result of what you have called it. That means you can call it something else. I know that you really don't believe me, but if you read the Bible from Genesis 1 and 2 is God's perfect will. Everything else in the book is to get us back to Genesis 1 and 2. Because in Genesis 3, the serpent comes in, and when the serpent comes in, we're just going to walk through this. Y'all all all right? In Genesis 3, the serpent comes to Eve, and this is what he does to her, which is the same thing that he's doing to you, so you don't have to judge Eve. You can just see that this is how the enemy's been playing you. Say, my days days of of being played are over. So, the Bible says, verse Genesis 3, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any of the other beasts. And he comes to Eve, and he says to Eve, Did God say, didn't God tell you, don't touch that tree? Because if you eat it, you'll surely die. Up until that point, Neither Adam or Eve had ever questioned the truthfulness of God. And Eve goes, well, he didn't say, don't touch it. He just said, don't eat it. And then the devil says in the serpent, he says, it's because he knows that if you eat it, you will be like him. Here's the problem with not knowing who Christ has made you. The devil says to Eve, if you eat this fruit, you'll be like God. Except what? She was already like God. She was already made in his image. The stuff that the enemy whispers to you is to get you to question your identity. It's to get you to wonder about the will of God because he knows he cannot stop you from manifesting the will of God if you believe God. So what he does is that he questions God by questioning your identity. Most church folks ain't going to play no kind of game where you tell me God ain't really real. You can go on, on me with that, Going on, on with that. But if he can get you to be like, but do you really deserve not to struggle? Because you know who you used to be and you know what you used to do. And why would you think that you deserve to live like that? I mean, ain't nobody in your family never lived like that. So he gets you to question God by getting you to question who God already says you are, which is a violation of principle three that I am exactly who God says I am. Most of you ain't struggling with one and two. Your struggle is in three and four, which is the same problem that Eve had. So here's what happens. So then God finds out that they ate the fruit, right? Here's their problem. When they eat the fruit, instead of just asking God for help, they hide. The problem isn't that you messed up. The problem is that you hiding that you messed up. The problem isn't that you got low self-esteem, it's that you dressing up like you don't. Because if you would just admit that you didn't really see yourself like God saw you, he could help you. But because you won't admit it, you can't get free. And so what you have to do is buy another purse or uh, accumulate another notch on your belt or buy something else or go somewhere else in order to try to make up for the deficiency that's operating on the inside of you that if you just told God you had it, he'd deal with it. And that's how I know that even as we release increase over you, if you messy broke, you're going to be messy rich. You just got more places to be messy. When you're broke, all you can do is be messy and complex. Now you got money, you can be messy here. You can be messy in Texas. You can be messy in Florida. You can be messy in Europe. But because mess is in you, mess is what you manifest. But the only reason that you manifest mess is because you don't know who you really are. Y'all ready? Let's go. So what happens is, is that here's what happens in the curse. Because God blessed Adam and Eve, right? Made them in his image. This is really important because I want you to understand how you begin to struggle about money. So it says, verse 13. We just go start with verse 13. And the Lord said, Genesis 3, verse 13, it says, And the Lord said unto the woman, What is this thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I did eat. And then the Lord does three things. He's about to do three things. He says, Unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, all beasts of the field, and and upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust thou shalt eat all the days of your life. You should circle that word right there where it says, Dust, you shall eat all the days of your life. Because what is man made of? Dirt. So he now says, here's what's going to happen. The serpent's going to come after man and seek to consume him all the days of his life. Then he says to Eve, no, verse 15, he says, And I will put an enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, but thou shall bruise his heel. Until the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And then he says to Adam, he says, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of the woman, thy wife, and eaten of the tree I com- after I commanded you, saying, Thou shalt not eat it, cursed is the ground. And then he says in one translation, and it will be as hard as you to get provision as it is for a woman to birth children. He says, it will be as difficult for you to get productivity out of the land as it is for a woman to break forth in childbirth. So tell your neighbor, say, so now they got a problem. But God got a solution. Go to Genesis 12, because you just got to walk through this. So now God doesn't, notice God doesn't curse man. He curses the ground, which then puts man in a lifestyle of toiling. Before the curse, everybody had to work, but the work was fruitful. This ain't about. So if your vision is about how you go get free and never work again, you don't understand kingdom prosperity. In the kingdom, everybody got a job, but in the kingdom, nobody should toil. Say so in the kingdom, everybody has a job, but in the kingdom, nobody toils. Tell your neighbor, say if you're toiling, you're not living in the kingdom. You may be saved, but you ain't living in the kingdom. So now there's a problem. God goes forth. He tries to do it with Noah. Noah gets drunk, curses his kids. So now we got a problem. So we go over here to Genesis 12. And he says, now the Lord said to Abraham, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land. I will show you. Notice it's about the land because the land was cursed. So he says, I am going to show you to a land where what I put on you produces. Some of you struggling because you're working in a land that God didn't call you to. And that's why you're toiling because it's not that you're not blessed. It's just that you ain't blessed for that land. And that's why you got to be careful of well-meaning people trying to give you an assignment. Because well-meaning people will assign you into something that creates you to toil. Let's keep going. <laughs> he says, and I will make of thee a great nation, I will bless thee in thy name, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. This word blessing, it means an empowerment. The challenge for the church is that we think blessings are things. So if someone gives us money, we say we got a blessing. No, it's an empowerment that got the money. It's an empowerment that has the favor. So what God said to Abram is that if you will come into the land I'm calling you into, I will empower you to prosper in the place that I'm calling you in. So then Abraham goes. But if you notice, it says, then it says that um, there's a famine in the land, and then Abraham goes into this, as he's going into Egypt, he says to Sarah, because Sarah was fine. She was barren, but she was fine. No, I know she was fine because Abraham said to her, listen, you so fine that the, you go get me killed. If you, so just say you my sister when we go up in here because I ain't trying to die trying to get to the promised land. Now, if you think about it, what Abraham actually does is that he leaves her uncovered in this horrible way. Based on everything we know about working for something, that should have immediately disqualified him for what God had just told him. Anyway, Sarah's fine. Exactly what Abraham says happen, happened. The king see her, he like, bring me her. She a baddie. (laughs) And what happens is, is that God appears to the king and says, you touch what belongs to Abraham and you go give him his wife back and you go give him a bunch of stuff. Now, at first glance, because I've heard people talk about this, how does Abraham get blessed when he's made all of those mistakes? I'm glad you asked. Go to Romans 4. Go to Romans 4. Say, we're about to learn how to stay blessed even when we mess up. We're going to start at verse 13. We got to read a little bit. Some of you need to get in the habit of reading your Bible. I'm just going to go ahead and parenthetically insert this for free. Okay? Okay. The problem for a lot of you is that you hear the word on Sunday and you receive it, but you never touch it again. You never wrestle with it. You never get it solidified in your heart. And so that's the reason that a lot of times on Sunday, like people will start having breakthrough. And on Monday, people will have breakthrough. And then by Tuesday, they tapering off because you ain't got no word going and you reverted back to whatever was really in you. And if you're going to live a long-term blessed life, you can't have to live off what I'm going to say on Sunday and what Pastor Ellen going to say on Sunday and what Pastor Ralph going to say on Sunday. You're going to have to get a word for yourself. You're going to have to learn to take this and wrestle with it and ask God to make it truth to you. Because here's the thing. Somebody can talk you out of what I told you, but can't nobody talk you out of what God told you. So I'm glad you like us, but study for yourself. So in Romans 4, we're going to start with verse 13. It says, For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Man, this is so good. It says, For if they which are the laws be heirs, then faith is made void, and the promise is of none effect. It says, because the law worketh wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end of the promise might be sure to all seed, not not to that only which is of the law, but to those which are of faith. Now, you may not really understand what that means, but tell your neighbor, say, that means we got in too. Because this promise is to Jewish people. We ain't Jewish. And he says, but if this promise is just about the ability to keep the law, then the promise doesn't mean anything. And you're automatically Disqualified. But then it goes on and it tells us how Abraham actually received. This is so good. He said to Abraham, he says, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who believed even God, which quicketh the dead, and call those things which be not as though they were. Call those things which be not as they were. Goes right back to Genesis 1, 2 and 3. We need light. We call for light. Light is. We see light, we say light's good. He says, so God shows up to Abraham and says to Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations, even though Abraham doesn't have any kids. And the Bible says that because Abraham believed him, God accounted it to him as righteousness. Now, everybody knows I'm not good at math. I don't apologize for that. But here's the deal. I do know accounting terms. It says, this is what Abraham's faith did. There is a curse in the land, and Jesus had not come to redeem it. But because Abraham believed God, God reached into time, pulled back righteousness, and took it all the way back to Abram so Abram can receive what should have only been able to be received right here. turn and tell your neighbor say faith, faith supersedes, supersedes time, time. Yeah. did you hear what I said Abraham is a man who serves many gods God shows up to him and says come here boy I want to show you something because Abraham is crazy enough to believe God God reaches 2,000 years in advance grabs righteousness off the cross runs it back and sticks it on Abraham That's how I know you can reach back and get the stuff that's owed to your great-grandparents. That's how I know I ain't just talking. Somebody just praise the Lord for a second. If you get this, it'll change your whole life. Won't nobody ever be able to keep anything from you that God says belongs to you. Nobody will ever be able to disqualify you. Nobody will ever be able to keep you from sitting at the table. Nobody will ever be able to stop you because your faith is bigger than time. This right here is what you call supernatural teaching. This is the kind of stuff that let Daniel go into a lion's den and not flinch. If you think about it, you really don't even know that Daniel was in there all night. You don't know what God did in time. Because God don't live in time. But a man can invade him to get, can get God to invade time. Anyway, Abraham, let's stay with Romans. Oh, this is so good. It says, so then Abraham, who against hope, verse 14, verse 18, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. See, it only takes one word from God. It only takes one word from God. God gave Abraham a word. He said, "You go have a kid. How are you going to be the father of many nations if you don't have any kids? So when God is telling you about how you go bless people and break bondage, how are you going to do it if you broke? He's looking for somebody who will hope. He's looking for somebody who don't have a reason to hope, but he just. You don't have a reason to hope if you look at what you come from. If you look at what you come from, you ought to just be satisfied where you are. If you look at where you come from, you ought to be content that things are as good as where they are. Except you got away from God and you're no longer looking at where you come from. You're looking at where you're going because you already saw it. Hear me. Let me prophetically declare this. This is not our building. We are not here to stay. This is not our building. We are not here to stay. The Lord told me months ago. Every ap- upgrade you're doing in this building, you're sowing into the church that's coming next. If you really understood that, you'd give faster. Because <laughs> you you'll be like, what we make happen for somebody else? God is surely going to make happen for us. Right now, somebody is praying for the modifications we're making. Somebody, you don't even realize it, the town we're laying is the town they want. we just sowing for our next building. we just sowing for our next building. Oh, I just helped some of you. Some of you give us, but you ain't sow us, cause you ain't looking for nothing on the other side of that. A sower always looking for something. I gotta get back to. I gotta get back to Abraham. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It says, "And being not weak in faith." Woo! How do you stop being weak in faith? He tells you, he considered not his own body. Your faith staggers because you look at something other than what God said. You doubt because you look at something other than what God said. Because when God says to you, you're going to get a new house. do what God wants to do. You'll never be smart enough to do what God wants to do. And what the enemy does is that he pulls you down into the natural realm and calls it wisdom. I told you everything in your life was based, has been based on you. Where you live right now, you picked it because you could afford it. What you drive right now, you picked it because you could afford it. You never even asked God what he wanted to do. I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to us. I tell this testimony about how when we bought our first house, we had co-signed for somebody a car and they had stopped paying the notes. And so that was on the, co- on the credit and that was the thing that we needed in order to get the house. But when I went into the place, the bank, and they pulled our credit, it wasn't there. And this is what the Lord said to me three days ago. He says, there are other things I would have paid off for you since then, but you thought you had the money, so you paid for it. When we had to have him pay it, all we could do was look at him. But when we thought we had it, we didn't look at him. can look at Jesus and be shamed there's no way you can look at Jesus and have low self-esteem there's no way you can look at Jesus and wonder if there was enough money look your neighbor in the face and say neighbor for the sake of the kingdom please stop looking at yourself come on and worship the Lord Come on and worship the Lord. Come on and worship him. It says he staggered not at the magnitude of the promise because he did not consider his own body. You let your body tell you whether you healed or not. You let your bank account tell you whether you are rich or not. You let the people in your life tell you whether you're worthy of love or not. But Abraham staggered not because Abraham refused to look at himself. Yeah, I feel God doing something right there somebody about to break through. Yeah, stand here. Turn around you. Come on. I had a word on this piece of paper for you anyway. What God is getting ready to do in your life, you can't hustle your way into. You're going to sow your way into. You're going to obey God and look up in a place that you didn't think that you could be in. He said, quit hustling and start obeying. He can To go to church and go home and live like everybody else? Bring a basket and put that in. Just put it in the front. Set it right there. He considered not his own, what? That was dead. The reason you can't get a resurrection is you keep looking at dead stuff. (laughs) You can't get it to resurrect because you're looking at what's dead. The word of God is alive. It is more powerful than any two-edged sword. It divides. It divides. It literally is designed to pull your soul into heaven it's designed to pull your soul up out of earth into heaven oh we thank you Lord it says that he staggered out the promise of God through unbelief but he was strong in faith why he stopped looking at himself you want your faith to grow stop looking at yourself the reason I did not want this to record is because I'm gonna say some kind of private stuff for people today and so cuz God is gonna break through some things in some people's lives Taylor the Lord said you know the difference between staggering at the promise and not staggering. He said, what you didn't produce in college basketball wasn't an issue of talent. It was an issue of what you looked at. Where he's taking you now, talent is secondary. What he said is first. You broke the records because he told you. Because he told you, you saw it, you set your faith for it, you did it, and it was good. But this isn't a bust her out, it's to help us see. But she made the mistake that most of us make. Once she didn't think she needed to depend on God, she depended on her talent. But this next place. This next place, and because you started looking at yourself, you started questioning, am I really favored, am I really chosen, am I really selected, am I really picked, because you was looking at yourself. Be like Abraham, don't consider yourself. When you set those goals for those first records, it wasn't nobody but me, your dad, and Coach Early, who even thought it was possible. Now you got a record that's set forever because you didn't consider what other people thought about your skill. It ain't just for her. You consider not and being fully persuaded That he who promised. What? (laughs) Not that you, but he who promised. So I only think I'm qualified to do it because he promised. He told me I could. So if he told me I could, even if I couldn't before he said it, And that's why this word ain't for everybody. Not that everybody can't grab it, but what God is about to say now, it's for this house. All summer long, we've been accelerating. Blessing on top of 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 blessing. I just came to tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. No, you ain't seen nothing yet. The reason there's so much oil on that song, eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard, is because God is trying to get you to look beyond whatever you think is your biggest thing to see something that's beyond your biggest thing. You've looked at yourself so long that you clap for things that don't even belong to you. We got one more scripture, and then I'm going to give a couple prophetic words. He was fully persuaded. Oh, no, no, we still in Rome. So he was fully persuaded that what he promised, he was also able to perform. Do I have anybody who just decided God is also able to perform? No, he is able to perform. I feel like I got about two people, but I feel like faith goes stare on that thing. It's some people who believe. In fact, let me help you. God's already done what he said he was going to do because he did it before you was born. That's why he didn't have to make righteousness for Abraham. He just went and grabbed it. It says, Now therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it is written for not for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. Verse 24. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed If we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Go into verse 5, chapter 5. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Nothing missing, nothing broken. We got peace with God nothing missing nothing broken you ain't broke cause God is punishing you you got peace with God nothing missing nothing broken you broke cause you don't know you shouldn't be cause you looking at yourself I'm doing everything that I can do I'm working hard as I can work I'm managing as well as I can manage it ain't never been about what you could do no way we have peace with God now let's go to Galatians 3 Shout, I receive. I receive. I receive. receive. Some of you have been saying to the Lord, I don't understand. I come to church. I don't understand why I'm stuck. I don't understand why I don't get breakthrough like other people get breakthrough. I don't understand why there are things in my life that aren't moving. I feel like I'm being so faithful. I'm doing what I'm doing. And then you start looking at the other people in your life. Maybe it's because I'm associated with them. Maybe it's because of such, such, such. No, it's because you're considering yourself. You're looking at yourself. Husbands be like, I could make more money if she supported me more. That's not Bible. Wives are like, I, would, I could be more successful if he supported me more. I'm not saying you shouldn't be married to somebody who su- supports you. I'm saying that it is crazy to put your net worth in what somebody else. That's all I'm saying. Because God is my source. Everybody else is a resource. And if you should ever decide that you no longer want to provide what God told you to provide, trust and believe, little mama, he'll raise up somebody else. He'll raise up somebody. Some of you ain't got your next provision because you keep looking at the person who left. You're looking at who didn't give so you can't see who God set up to. Oh, Galatians 3. Verse 13. When you read this verse, you ought to shout. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. He was made a curse for me. So your ground may be cursed, but my ground ain't cursed no more. I've been redeemed. That's the promise I stood on that kept me from having hard childbirth. I said, wait, I've been redeemed. Why nobody have a hard labor till sin? Well, I've been redeemed. I'm not finna do all that hard labor stuff. You out here telling stories. I was in labor for 26 hours. Shame on you. You just didn't know who you were. And the thing is, is that sometimes you can't push people like that because people get mad and they go, now you're talking about me. No, I'm trying to help you so that you can then tell your daughters that they ain't got to go through all of that. No, the truth of it is you need to be pushed. You need to be pushed because your life is average. And you need to be pushed into your destiny because you're over here living on average avenue and you weren't never supposed to be here. You were supposed to be passing through. You were supposed to pass through to your next level. You get mad at your kids for making C's, but you live in C lives. When your kids make C's, you all you gotta do is go to school. That's all you gotta do. All you gotta do is believe God. It's a lot easier to believe God than to learn algebra formulas. Because God has been God forever. Listen, kids, don't get a whooping telling your mama that Pastor Sean said. Don't get a whooping. <laughs> right, especially not today because this word on them is raw like they got a whooping. Don't do that today. Don't do that. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth up on a tree. Why? That the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. How? Through Jesus Christ. Anybody in here saved? Shout that. Say, I'm not cursed. I'm I'm blessed. blessed. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit. How? Through faith faith go to verse 29 verse 29 and if you'll be christ anybody in here belong to christ then are you abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise go back to genesis 12 genesis 12 so you can see the promise that's on your life go back to genesis 12 that's why you ought to read your bible i'm telling you if you go to sleep reading your bible it's because you ain't reading it right Genesis 12. Now the Lord said to Abraham and all his children. Now the Lord said to Abraham and all his children. Get out of the country and from the kindred and from your father's house. That just means leave all that familiar stuff you've become so accustomed to. Into a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I have already, because this is future, now we're going back. And I have already blessed you. And I have already made your name great. (laughs) And I have already made you a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you. Oh, 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 sit down, 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 sit down. No, 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 no. And I will curse them that curse you. Now, some of y'all go going to get mad. I told y'all a couple of weeks ago that y'all only know Jesus as a lamb, so you don't know him as a lion. But if there's a story in the Bible where Jesus is going past a fig tree, and the fig tree had leaves on it. Now, if you know anything about a fig tree, a fig tree that has leaves ought to have fruit. So Jesus went to the tree looking for fruit. And when he saw that there was no fruit, he said to the tree, I curse you because you ain't going to trick nobody else. I'm going to come back and teach this later. But the Bible actually says, the Bible actually said that the tree heard him and answered. I decree and I declare that everything in your life that's been producing nothing is cursed. Yeah. Everything in your life that is producing nothing is cursed. And it just hurt it. <laughs> And it just heard it. And it just heard it. And it just heard it. You getting ready to see? You getting ready to see? Trust and believe. If you believe anything that we ever tell you is true, believe me when I tell you that if you receive this word, you getting ready to see. You getting ready to see. Tell your neighbor, look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, please. Come with me because I just moved. Hold on, listen, 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 listen. I just moved three levels. Three, I heard God say that. Three, say, I just moved three levels. So, prophesy all of yourself. Say, I'm about to skip some steps. to skip some steps. I'm about to skip some steps. I'm about to skip some steps. I'm about to skip some steps. I'm skip some steps. I'm, I, why do you keep saying it? I'm trying to get you to receive it? I'm about to skip some steps. Most of you are afraid to say what God told you. Because you don't want people to think that you think. But I think I'm exactly who he says I am. That's why I'm doing exactly what he told me to do. I thank the Lord. I praise God. We ain't been po' for a while. But we about to go somewhere.